Metricast. And each time we fall down is another opportunity to get back up. Each time we become identified by the lower densities is another opportunity for us to awaken, is another opportunity for us to practice the self-love, devotional acts to self to bring about a greater reality. So this in turn is flipping it. And this in turn is seeing those moments that we become identified and get lost, seeing them as a gift. Because if you didn't have those moments of getting lost, you wouldn't have the exact same moments to be found, to turn on your light. Welcome, beautiful souls, to season two of the Cosmic Love Antenna with your host, Harrison Ma. I invite you on a mystical voyage from the intellect to the soul, delving deep into the mysteries of love's spiritual essence and its unfolding. This podcast celebrates the peeling back of heart layers, revealing profound lessons, interviews with spiritual seekers, and practices to open your heart to love's infinite wisdom. Good morning, evening, afternoon, magical beings. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to another solo sode of the show, another loving, mystical, spiritual deep dive into the layers of your powerful heart space. Today's topic conversation is part two of a series that I have started to do on the show around all things manifesting new love, romance, tribe, community. And yes, this is part two of the series where I'll be going into today, not just more practical tools, tips, and insights for you to manifest love, but through the chakra lens. Through the chakra lens, we're going to be talking about the sacral chakra and how the sacral themes can help us manifest love in all the ways that we deserve. So if you're looking for practical insights, tips, tools, things you can implement right now today to manifest love, today's episode is for you. So stick around and soak it all up. I would encourage you if you are listening to this on the podcast player, please share this out with a lover, a friend, a family member that you think it can help had a lot of good feedback from part one. So the more that we share this, the more people it can support. And if you're joining me live today on Facebook, I see you there, Lainey, and LinkedIn, YouTube, please leave your comments and your questions as we flow. I'd love to incorporate you into this show as well. All right. So where I'm going to begin with this today, I'm going to give a quick little summary of three foundational laws of manifesting that I talked about in part one, but I'll quickly go over here in part two. And these three laws are one, you want to become that which you want to see or be that which you want to see. Number two is you are not a soul in a body, but you are a body in a soul. You're not a soul in a body, but you are a body in a soul. And Number three, foundational rule is there is nothing outside of you. As the consciousness of love or consciousness of presence or consciousness of God, whatever you want to call it, divine, 
there is nothing outside of you. So in regards to manifesting, the way out is in. The way, the way to get it is to go through the layers of your heart or the layers of your being or the layers of pain, trauma, challenges. And we'll talk about some of those today. So those are the three foundational laws, which we'll, I'll talk about and come back to in different ways today as I talk about the themes of the sacral chakra. But just hold them in your heart as we go deeper. Okay, so I want to actually begin here before I get to the first theme of the sacral chakra and how it can help you manifest. I'm going to read you one of my favorite poems of all time that really highlights what we're going to get into today in regards to emotions and feelings and how it supports your manifesting ability. And this poem is called The Guest House by Rumi. And it goes as follows. This being human is a guest house. Every moment a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from the beyond. So this poem, other than the fact that it's just profound beyond all measure, highlights, I'm going to go straight into it now, highlights the necessity, the power, the understanding around the role that emotion, feelings, and I'm going to use those two words interchangeably today, emotions and feelings, their role in how they help you manifest. So the first tool and practice here to help you manifest new romance, tribe, friends, is to use your emotions as what they are. And what your emotions are is communication. Your emotions are an opportunity to a better reality, to a reality in which, in today's topic, in which you manifest that which you want, a reality in which you manifest that romantic partner, a reality in which you manifest that new friend, that new tribe. So the first question you could probably feel in yourself around that is, why is that the case? Why do emotions and feelings help us manifest? Why, through the sacral lens, do we start to have a relationship with our emotions and feelings in general, not just through manifesting, but why are they so important in general? And as Rumi describes in the Guesthouse poem, 
your emotions and feelings are a are guidance and insight from the beyond, from your deeper spiritual essence to help you not just come into alignment with that which you want to manifest, but to experience the playground, the playroom, the play experience that your soul came here to experience. Right, the easiest example of this that highlights this, let me ask you in this moment, you can just visualize this as you listen to this, of all of the memories that you've had up to this point in your life, of all of the memories that you can recollect to the highest degree, what do they all have in common? What do all of those memories and experiences that mean the most to you or at the very least are the most vivid, what do they all have in common? When I answer that question, the answer is emotion, feeling, intensity. So this is the important first tool and understanding here with manifesting is to see that all of your emotions, all of your feelings are working for you, are there as communication are there to help you get the most out of this life experience that the soul came here to experience. Okay, and we can start to see this. We can start to see this as, again, an opportunity. Our triggers, our triggers mostly, actually not mostly, all the time, let me rephrase those words, our triggers, our emotional triggers in which we interact with other people in the world, those are good examples of this. These are opportunities to help us see the reality in which we're creating and the, the reality in which we're manifesting. Okay, and I want to, let's go deeper into this. Just before that, uh, Annie, I see you in the chat. Love the poem. It was so powerful. And all your experiences, all your memories were emotional as heck. And he says, yeah, right. That's, that's on purpose. They're emotional on purpose. So the next aspect here, the practice to understand around using your emotions to help you manifest more effectively is, okay, I understand their communication. I understand they have meaning. They have, they have a purpose. But what about the quote-unquote negative emotions? What about the quote-unquote bad emotions, the bad feelings? And to this, I will share another quote here with you. And this is from Shakespeare. And Shakespeare, in, his, in, his, in, the, in the tragedy that was Hamlet, quoted, there is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. There is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. This is very profound in all the ways, but applying it here in this moment to our emotions and our feelings, it is the same thing. There is no 
negative emotion. There is no bad emotion. What is bad, what is negative, is the story and the perception that we are placing on the bad emotion. The perception and the story, the label that we're placing on the current feeling that we are having. So the practice here, the role of you here in learning to get the communication around the feeling and emotion that you are currently experiencing to help you manifest more deeply is to get out of your own way, is to remove the label and the story and ask yourself in the presence of no story, in the presence of no label, what is this current sensation, emotion, feeling helping me to see? This is so important to understand. And I'm going to highlight this with another, with another example in my life. Yesterday, I was moving my body at the gym I go to. And I usually, what I usually do is I listen to, I usually listen to a book while I'm exercising and moving. And for whatever reason, when I went to play the book as I was exercising, I was feeling this emotion. For me, it was this, it was resistance. It was, it was tension. It was almost anxiousness. And I caught myself in the moment judging and pushing and pressuring myself to just put up with it, to just get on with it, to just listen to the thing, do the exercise. And what I was doing was judging the emotion and the feeling as something that was wrong or something that was bad. So due to the story and the perception I was placing on the feeling and emotion, for a moment, I wasn't listening to what it was saying. So for me, what I did was I stopped, I paused, I allowed myself to remove the current story of this emotion, judging this emotion, this emotion is wrong, this anxiousness is wrong. I allowed myself to remove the story, the label, and gave myself permission to feel the feeling and receive the guidance it was giving. And the guidance at the time was put simply, don't listen to anything right now while you're exercising. Don't listen to the book, the reading, while you're moving. And when I allowed that to occur and was just being with myself as I was exercising, moments later, I began getting all these channels and downloads for this podcast episode I was going to record today and future episodes that I was getting. All these channels, these downloads came through. So I share that very brief story to highlight that once you remove the label and the story that you place on your emotional communication, there is no good or bad. There is no negative or positive. There is just guidance being given, as Rumi has stated, from the beyond for you to open your heart to, 
for you to receive. So applying this to manifestation right now, when we're looking to manifest a romantic partner, we're looking to manifest a tribe, a family, a new friendship or family dynamic, whatever it is, we must use our feelings and emotions as a way to manifest them from a place of not placing any story, not placing any expectation, not placing any positive or negativity on what it should or shouldn't look like. All right. I'm just going to reset here for the people popping in live. I hope it's getting you some value. Again, if you're joining me on Facebook or LinkedIn today, joining me live, if there are questions that pop up for you as I flow and this is hitting your heart, please leave it in the comment section as always. And I would love to include your voice in this conversation. Welcome, Ed, on LinkedIn and Charlotte. I appreciate you dropping in. Happy it's giving you value. Let's keep it flowing. So I want to speak now about one more example with using your emotions and feelings, and then we're going to get into another theme within the sacral chakra of manifesting. Often what can occur when we start to tap into our feeling and emotional state to manifest a new reality is we start getting these, so there's no such thing as a positive or negative emotion, right? But there is usually a lot of suppressed, dense, denser emotions. So a lot of suppressed guilt and shame, a lot of suppressed sadness, a lot of suppressed anger. And what we can often do when we start to manifest these old, suppressed, denser emotions can take us away from the new reality that we want to step into, the new, more expansive, easeful, blissful reality that we want to step into. They take us away because we become identified by these lower density emotions. Right? We become the grief. We become the guilt. We become the shame. We become the anger. So what is the solution here? The solution here is to neutralize and alchemize these lower densities. The solution here, when we start to manifest a new reality in which we want love to be in it, a new lover, a new tribe, etc., and there's these denser emotions come up, when they come up, the way out is through. The way out is learning to celebrate and love yourself in those lower densities. Okay, I'm going to be I'm going to be specific here what I mean. So let's say that you are wanting to manifest a new romantic partner. And in that act, maybe you go out into the world, you meet someone and you're triggered and some old shame comes up or some old anger comes up. In that moment, we don't want to suppress and ignore that emotion, that that anger, that shame. We do not want to become that anger or shame. We want to alchemize it. We want to neutralize it. How do we do that? We love. We celebrate. We honor ourselves for feeling that feeling, 
for experiencing that emotion. And in that act of love, in that act of celebration, in that act of gratitude for all that we are, that emotion is able to do what it was meant to do. It's either able to move up and out of us and or give us the guidance it wants to give. Right, Give us the intuitive insight, the intuitive knowledge, the intuitive hit around the thing that we're wishing to do. In this case, manifest. In this case, attract in. So this is how we use our denser emotional reality. We tap into the alchemists of love that we are and we receive the communication from the emotion that we would have previously labeled as bad, that we would have previously labeled as negative or too much, whatever it is. And this is a practice. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on from the larger theme of the emotions and the feelings in the sacral space in terms of manifesting. And now we're going to get into another theme of the sacral space in terms of manifesting. And the next here is, and if you've listened to this show before, if you have listened to my work before, this is going to be not a surprise to you. But the next theme is the inner child, is learning to use inner child healing, inner child connection as a way in which we can manifest new love. And what do I mean by this? I'm not going to go too deeply into the inner child here because I've done many, many episodes on it, and I'll refer to them in the show notes of this episode for you to go back to. But I wanted to hit on it here briefly to bring your awareness to this aspect of self. If you're new to the inner child and you have no idea of its relevance, the reason it's important in regards to our manifesting of new relationships is if we are holding on to old stories, old labels, old repressed emotions, such as what I spoke about a second ago, the guilt, shame, anger, the likelihood that it is related to your inner child is I would assert, in the 90 percentile range, right? The likelihood that your inner child holds both the pain and the solution to your current manifesting desire is very, very high. And in relation to the sacral chakra, the sacral, in my experience, is where the inner child spends most of its time. So what is the what is the punchline here? The punchline is if you have done any kind of inner child work in the past and or you're new to inner child work, it is here that we can start to connect to and receive guidance, add love to the inner child to impact our ability to manifest new relationships. Right. And this could look like many different, this can look like many different techniques, ways, 
but let's be simple here in this moment. It could be as simple as closing your eyes, connecting to your inner child, putting your hands on your womb space or your sacral space and asking her or her or him, what is the, what is the feeling that needs to be felt? What is the story that needs to be dropped? What is the guidance that needs to be given? Because when it comes to the inner child, the inner child isn't only a wounded aspect of your being. It is also a part of your consciousness that holds wisdom, that holds insights. And the more that you open your heart to, the, to this inner child aspect of self, the more guidance is given. Right? And the most obvious example of this is the inner child's ability to help you connect into play, to connect into the act of playing without expectation, playing without an outcome, playing without a set objective. Right? How many of us are doing things for the sake of doing getting something for the sake of getting to point A, point B, point B, C, et cetera. When we, when we open to the inner child, that play becomes unbounded. That play becomes unrestricted. And if you're looking to manifest a partner, a, a relationship, a tribe that has that same characteristic, as our spiritual foundational law number one talks about, you want to be that which you want to see. So if you're looking to manifest a partner that brings play to your environment, brings this playful experience, this playful frequency, then the solution for you is inner child activation. Right, the solution for you is embodying more of that inner child. And if there is a wound, if there is a if there is a limiting story on top of that inner child essence, then it's up to you to reparent. It's up to you to release. It's up to you to remember the divine state of that childlike aspect that's already inside of you but it's up to you to let it out. All right. I think I did a good job there talking about the inner child in a very concise amount of time. There's a lot to the inner child, but I hope that gave you a little tidbit of how we can start to use it to manifest. Okay, next up. Next theme here within the sacral space to manifest new love, romance, tribe, friends, is sexuality, is the theme of sexual connection, pleasurable sexual connection to self. What am I talking about? 
Why is this relevant? There is a theme, there is a growing awareness around the ability that we have to use our sexual, intimate, pleasurable connection to bring about that we wish that we wish to manifest. There is a growing collective and, and understanding, and that's an old understanding, but it's coming back into consciousness that our sexual pleasure, our sexual reconnection is the gateway to manifesting the life that we want. So let's break this down and let's talk about this because both in my experience personally and people I've seen and helped in my world, this is very much the case. Our sexual pleasure, our sexual intimacy with self and with a partner, but let's just keep it with ourselves in this moment. Our sexual intimacy with self is a way for you to supercharge your manifestations, the things that you're wanting to manifest. Why is this the case? Why is this evident? And there are many ways that we could justify it and explain it, but I will say it simply. When we are in an act of pleasure, when we are in an act of sexual intimacy with self, what are we doing? What are we ultimately doing? We are allowing ourselves to go deeper, right? And that deeper level may be surface for some people. It may be incredibly deep. But in all acts of intimacy through a sexual lens, we are pulling layers back. We are creating space to go deeper. And if we're looking to manifest in all the ways that we deserve, romance, friends, tribe, then we must open to the possibility that it is these layers we must move through. Another way to describe this is when we are connected to the blissful ecstasy that sexual pleasure provides, that same blissful ecstasy could be equated to a higher state of consciousness, a higher connection point. Right? When we raise in love, when we raise in bliss, when we raise in pleasure, we are raising our frequency. We're raising our vibration. When we open our channel to expand and manifest more love, to do that, we need to raise our vibration. We need to raise our frequency. So it is in these, again, going back to emotions here and feelings, these emotions and sensations, feelings of bliss, ecstasy, pleasure, joy, love, they raise, they rise ourselves up. So all of that to say that it is in the act of sexual pleasure that we almost, and the image that I get in my third eye is that we embrace 
all of the current manifestations we want to bring in with this extra layer of consciousness, this higher layer of consciousness. Okay, so let's get more practical with this and give some examples of what this can look like. The first of which is, I talked before about how we can have denser emotions come up, guilt and shame, anger, that either we experience by ourselves internally or we're triggered from the external world. In those moments of, let's say, lower density, in those moments where we feel the anger, we feel the guilt, we feel the shame, what we can actually learn to do, as I spoke about earlier, is not just celebrate, not just be grateful, not just be love, love ourselves in those lower density states, but we can actually learn to feel pleasure for those lower states. We can actually learn to allow ourselves and give ourselves permission to feel the pleasure of the darkness, to feel the pleasure of these unconscious aspects that deserve our loving conscious awareness. Allow ourselves to feel pleasure for these dark unconscious aspects so they can receive conscious awareness, conscious loving awareness. Because what does that do? What this helps us do is this realigns and helps us adjust what we are actually manifesting. As the powerful Carl Jung likes to say, until we make the unconscious conscious, it will direct our lives, it will direct our external lives, and we will call it fate. Until we make the unconscious conscious, it will direct our lives and we will call it fate. What does that mean? What that means is that all of us have unconscious shadows, in this example today, unconscious repressed stories, emotions, dense emotions that are continuing to create our reality, are continuing to be the state in which we manifest from. So what we can learn to do is when those dark aspects come up into our conscious awareness, we don't just give them permission to be there. We don't just get taken away by their, by the wound and become them. We love, we celebrate, we honor, and we allow ourselves to feel pleasure for those dark moments. Because in that act of allowing and in the act of pleasure, what are we doing? We are alchemizing. We are, we are using our ability as light workers as we are to take the darkness, to love it, to feel the pleasure, to celebrate it, and to what? To raise the frequency. So now we create space. Now we create a new reality in which we can manifest the things that we actually want rather than continuing to manifest the unconscious shadows that just want to get our attention. I hope it's resonating. I hope that's making sense. And I'll, I'll say one more thing here before we wrap up, just to, just to put a little dot together for 
people that are tuning in because I know that there are a lot of listeners that have had, much like me, have had histories either in this lifetime or past lifetimes of feeling guilt and shame around sexual pleasure, guilt and shame around pleasurable self-connection, right? Due to a lot of religious teachings, due to a lot of religious dogma, right? A whole other topic and conversation that I've talked about many times, but I just want to insert it here that if this is you, this is the opportunity for you to break free from this. This is the opportunity in the act of self-connection, sexual, pleasurable connection. If you have guilt and shame around that act itself and it comes up in that moment, this is our opportunity to break free from it. Bring loving, conscious awareness to that guilt and shame. Celebrate it. Become grateful for it. Love it. Allow yourself to feel the pleasure. Alchemize it and let it go. This is how we break free from that. This is how we release ourselves from that. In that very specific example. We did it. We did it. I had so much to talk about today and I got in the amount of time I wanted to get it in. Just reading your comments, Annie. The bird's eye view of this process is so refreshing. So easy to get close to these low densities and start spiraling. Yeah, it's true, Annie. And let me just speak about that quickly for everyone's sake. You know, what you're describing, Annie, is becoming the identification of the lower densities, right? Becoming the guilt, becoming the shame, becoming the anger. And this is normal. We all do this, myself included. I did it yesterday. And my story that I talked about, I did it for a brief moment. But this is the practice, right? This is the this is why we are here. We're not here for things to initially be easy, right? If we came in with all the answers, there would be no need for us to awaken. There'd be no need for us to learn the thing, to be in the classroom. So when we become the lower densities, when we become the guilt, the shame, the anger, we become the victim. First thing we must do is give ourselves grace, give ourselves compassion, give ourselves understanding, and honor ourselves. But the second thing we must learn to do is to see that this is a muscle, is to see that this is a devotional act to self. And each time we fall down is another opportunity to get back up. Each time we become identified by the lower densities is another opportunity for us to awaken, is another opportunity for us to practice the self-love, devotional acts to self to bring about a greater reality. So this in turn is flipping it. And this in turn is seeing those moments that we become identified and get lost, seeing them as a gift. Because if you didn't have those moments of getting lost, you wouldn't have the exact same moments to be found, to turn on your light and to go deeper. Thank you for sharing that, Danny. All right, beautiful beings. 
I'm going to end it there today. Going to wrap it up. I'm trying to make these episodes a little bit shorter. So I hope I did that today. If this hits your heart, I will be back for part three of this series very soon. So please stay up to date. If you're in the if you're in the in the Facebook tribe, you'll see when I schedule these. Uh, if you have questions around this this topic today, if this brought up more stuff, please place them in the comment section. If you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on YouTube or LinkedIn, place them in the comment section and I will try my best to incorporate them into the next episode. If this supported you, please share this out with a friend and a lover. And if this kind of work is something you're looking to go deeper into, then reach out to me and I'll see if I have spaces in my coaching schedule. But as always, I send you love, I send you light. And until next time here on the show, I'll see you again very soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna with me, your host, Harrison. If you gained value or this episode hit your heart, please remember to share this out with a friend, a family member, or a lover. You can also leave your love over on Apple Reviews and Spotify Star Feedback, and this helps me spread my frequency to more souls in need. Finally, if you want to connect with me deeper, want to reach out, interested in coaching, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Harrison Ma, Ma spelled M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Sending you so much love. The Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast.